Welcome to another episode of Sustainable Goat. I'm Steve Kastenham, and I interview the greatest of all time in sustainability from the past, present, and into the future. In this episode, I talk with Eduardo Quevedo from Waman. Alpacas are known to be one of the cutest animals around, but as a clothing material, alpaca fiber is not only resilient, but it's incredibly soft and it's sustainable. Waman is a family business that has been going for well over 30 years. So let's dive into the conversation with Eduardo. Thank you so much for just being a part of this. I'm I'm super excited to to just talk more about everything that you guys have been working on. Um, but I'd love to start with just a little bit about you. Where do you come from, and you know what's what's your story? My story. Let's see. It's a little unusual. Um, uh, I I was born in Peru, um, in the in the north in Piura. It's where it's the city of the um, eternal sun. It's about eighty degrees all year long. That's uh, where I'm from. Where my family's from. My, for um, political reasons, we had to move to the U.S. as uh, political asylees, and uh, that happened when I was thirteen. So I've lived uh, a little over half of my life here um, in the U.S. in San Diego, to be more exact. Wow! You can get into it if you want, but I mean, was that how was that experience making that move and that change? It went pretty smoothly. I, I think my parents did a great job at um, at making that transition uh, and and uh, making it as painless as possible for us. But uh, but it was unusual, you know. It's um I had I was in a different country, different culture, different language, new friends. Um, so it's it was um it was shocking. I didn't feel at home here for for the longest time. I really missed my friends and uh, everything about Peru. Uh, yeah, I've never I've never been to Peru. Tell me about Peru. Peru is is amazing. We have a big coast with beautiful beaches, water, so it's slightly cold, uh, but great waves, great for surfing. I grew up about forty minutes away from the beach near the coast. Start going east, you run into the the Andes, which are amazing, full of life. It's as as if you've gone to another country when you go from the coast of Peru to the Andes of Peru. The culture changes, the the way people speak, um, the the food they eat, it, it's all so different. And then from there, if you go down the hill into the Amazon, it's it's even it's another world. Uh, you know, people speak uh, differently again. They they eat wild things like you know people from the jungle eat pretty much anything uh, that moves. So it's it's a culture shock. Uh, you can have many culture shocks in Peru. I think that's so cool though. Like it, it's such a di- diverse place that that gives so much, I, I guess, appreciation for. I mean, all the different types of environment. I mean, to be mountains and ocean and jungle. I mean, that's super cool. Not, I don't think very many countries have that. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely fortunate to have that, and and that you know, with the coast comes the um, the fishing industry. We do a lot of the agriculture industry is is huge in the Andes. Um, you know, the Incas really mastered how to grow vegetables and fruits at different altitudes. Uh, they like, found the perfect altitude for each, um, for each fruit or, and vegetable. So you came to the U.S. Um, when you were 13. What was kind of that point for you where you were like, cool, I feel, I feel good here now? That's, um, that's happened recently, actually. Um, yeah, I, I always felt like a visitor. But recently, I think through our business now, I'm learning to connect the two, the two places. And, um, and learning all the advantages that, that living here has provided me. And I think it, that makes me feel, feel more comfortable. 
That's really awesome. And yeah, I, let's dive into, I mean, alpacas. I, I think you guys have an incredible history in terms of a business. I mean, it's, it's multi-generational. Um, how did all of it start? I'm just a lucky guy, really. It all started because I was living here. I was at a, at a job that I didn't enjoy and um, I wanted to do something more fulfilling uh, with, with my life. So I, I decided to take some time off and um and travel i thought what better place to travel than peru you know a place that saw me during my first years years on earth and um and i didn't really know it you know i had heard a lot of stories about uh the andes and and, and the jungle but i i hadn't been there so um so i took a few months went to peru traveled around and was lucky enough to meet my current wife uh sandra so um, well, we decided we had a long distance relationship for a while, and um, and her family is uh, the one who started uh, with making products out of alpaca. Um, they started in the late 90s, first with uh, those uh, heirloom knitting machines that are hand-operated knitting, knitting machines, and um, first started working with acrylic because that's all that they could afford, uh, acrylic mm -hmm. yarn. Uh, so then, you know, they they grew in terms of industrial machines. Having a bigger team, were able to afford alpaca fiber, so they made better quality products. And little by little, so as I said, this happened in started in the late '90s, and little by little, they grew to the point where, uh, when I met them, um, they were already a pretty big company for Peru standard, and they had a great team already formed with an embroidery team, a crochet team. A lot of people from their community and my wife and i decided to take their business and start create a different brand that could be marketable to the u.s consumers and and bring the bring the business here to the u.s so that's how i got involved that's that's pretty amazing um i mean especially when you have a family business that's that's working on just really cool stuff. I think a lot, a lot of the time in like the textile industry, clothing, accessories, anything like that, the, the artisanship has been has been lost. And you talked about them starting with heirloom machines and, and really it's it's handmade. And I'd love to hear like more about just how how that process is done because I think a lot of expectations, you know, when you go to the store to buy, you know, anything you need, you don't know if a human's making it, if a machine's making it, if it's actually good quality. The, the Andes of Peru and Huancayo, the, the city where they're from, uh, especially, is very rich in um, textile traditions. Embroidery is part of uh, their, their life, you know, the, from uh, what they wear ca casually, uh, which looks like, you know, small flowers uh, and some rhinestones, um, to more of a, a formal uh, embroidery and it's more elaborate. Um, you know, that's all. Uh, ingrained in, in the culture. Um, so part of our mission is to keep those uh, textile traditions alive um, by incorporating embroidery into, into our um, uh, collections, uh, loom weaving, which is also another form of hand-operated machine, uh, and crochet. And so what's the, what's the difference between you know, having something handmade versus machine made, like when it comes to quality and production, what's what's kind of that difference? Both um, machine made uh, products and handmade products can be uh, well made and made to last. But when we talk about handmade products, 
Um, there's um, a higher attention to detail. There's um, a higher level of expertise that is required to be able to use these machines. And also we save a lot of energy. We also are allowed to use or can use material that is more raw. Uh, for example, we can use uh, hand spun uh, yarn when we, when we make handmade products. But when we use a machine, it has to be a machine made yarn. So why alpacas? What's the, what's the story behind the alpacas? Well, the alpacas are um, uh, one of Peru's biggest resource. Um, you know, about 80% of the world's uh, alpacas live in Peru. So yeah, it's, just, it's a huge resource that we have that we have available to us. And it's not very well known throughout the world, but it's, it's, slow, it's slowly gaining some ground and uh, its uh, reputation for its uh, quality and its benefits are, are starting to, to be more well-known um, here in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you've if you ever, you know, pet an alpaca or seen one, like, they're they're very fluffy and soft, um, and so as a, as a textile material, it's, it's great, and I think, I guess when you have an industry that, you know, kind of relies on fibers, you know, I think it speaks to the sustainability of it. I mean, the alpacas need, need to be shaved they do you know the alpacas have been domesticated for thousands of years so um, they like you said they they do need to be uh, to be sheared once a year and uh, the shearing process is actually a, a it's actually beautiful to watch it you know uh, alpacas roam freely around the the uh, the andes and when it's time for them to be sheared the whole community gets together and it's an event usually done um, in the warm season, which where there would be about April in the Andes. So they're all uh, gathered together. The uh, the community as a whole shears them, and they uh, they start to separate the the fiber into um, different qualities depending on its uh, on how thick it is or the age of the animal. That's so that's so cool that it's a community experience to actually do this like that. I just think about it as like one big party with with a community and alpacas and it being just super fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's um it's a celebration. Yeah, it's it's it it, it lasts uh, 2 to 3 days. Wow. I mean, yeah, how many how, how big is this event? I mean, is it is it in each community or is it like a massive thing? It, it happens in in each community um separately. It's not a at any particular time, it's just uh, you know, whenever the community see, sees fit, but it's just as long as it's during, during spring, uh, when alpacas can be without their, all their, their fur and be okay. Wow. Yeah, because I, I think that's an important thing to talk about is, you know, when you're using, you know, fur or just a coat of an animal, you know, you want, it, you want them to be, be good. And I think a lot, of, a lot of the time people think that when you use you know, animal products, if you will, that it's, it's not necessarily sustainable. It's not great for the animal, but I mean, the alpacas probably love it. Um, cause if it gets too shaggy, it's, it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. They can overheat if they're not sheared, uh, timely and it can be not, not hygienic for the alpacas. So yeah, they, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a team effort now, I think it's, and, uh, it's something that they're very used to as well. Alpacas, uh, can live, you know, 12 to 14 years. So they're, they're used to having this done every year. Wow. That's pretty cool. Um, so you guys get all the fibers and, 
obviously there's different colors. What, what does that process look like for you when you think about, you know, we're going to make a product out of this? What's, what's kind of the next step from your end? When, when creating products out of Alpaca, our motto is um, be conscientious. So we, everything that we do, we want to do it with a purpose. I, alpacas have uh, 23 natural colors. So we always try to um, not, not dye the material. Um, so what can we do with, with the natural colors that we have available? So that's why a lot of our products we produce are classic, of a classic design, do a lot of neutral colors, a lot of earth colors. We really just try to do the best with, with what we have, with the best, with the raw material. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, and, and also probably if you start dyeing the material or changing the material, you know, it's going to change the integrity of it, how how good it actually is naturally. Yeah, definitely. We want, we try to use uh, the material as it is because that way we can get all of the, all the, all of the benefits out of the, out of the alpaca. That's amazing. So what do you guys have in terms of product line? What did you guys start with um, as you came to the U.S.? Was it, um, did you have a lot of products? Was it just a few? I mean, you guys have a lot now, which is really awesome. When we first started, um, we wanted to make everything out of natural fibers. We wanted to only use natural fibers. That was our initial plan, but we quickly realized that it wasn't possible. It wasn't possible in the U.S. market. Prices were too high when, when only using natural fibers, and we were pretty much priced out of the market. So we quickly adapted and realized that if we have to make products out of 50% alpaca and 50% acrylic, we're still reducing acrylic usage by 50%. So we that, that was a, a, a compromise we had to make. Yeah, dive more about that because I, I would imagine like the end goal is still to be 100% natural fiber, but it's it's kind of that that transition time, you know, like you can have the most sustainable mission as possible, but if the market doesn't accept it, you're not going to be making an impact. Um, so what was that like kind of coming into the American market? I mean, it, it is different. What is that? What is that like when you're selling to a, a culture that's not as open to that? It was a challenge, you know, people. Uh, for uh, retailers here in the U.S. and, and in most places, I, I assume price point is the most important thing for them. What, what can we do now? You know, what, how do we uh, grow into uh, being a more sustainable company and that only uses natural fibers? Well, our plan for that is to educate people about alpaca and natural fibers in general. Um, alpaca is strong, it's durable. Um, so if we can educate people that sweater or a coat that they get from us made out of alpaca will last them much longer, many years longer than, um, than a coat made out of acrylic yarn. Another huge point for alpaca is that it's hypoallergenic. You know, and mm. when people see something made out of alpaca, they sometimes assume that it's wool and wool can cause uh, allergic reactions in some people. And, um, it's, it's, it's really not, not the same material, you know, um, alpaca is softer, is uh, silkier, it's more breathable. If we can get people to, to understand uh, the benefits, we can gain a little more ground. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, like it using alpaca, it lasts longer. 
I guess you're not going to have to replace it as often as you would another product. And I think I, I definitely like this conversation having to do with natural fibers because when you come to an American market, I mean, it's it's almost, I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit, you know, it's almost the, the cheaper price will almost win out necessarily over the more expensive one. Um, but at the same time, it's more about the value of of what you're buying and when people see value they're willing to pay a higher price so in terms of education when you're educating the population on alpaca i mean how how has that been going because i mean i mean to me the first time i experienced an alpaca product all i had to do was feel it and it was it was just a oh okay i get it now it's very easy is that kind of the the biggest hurdle um is it the education or is it the, the biggest hurdle so far has been has been education. What we're doing is um, we're using social media to educate people um, a little at a time, you know, give them pointers here and there, of the benefits of alpaca fiber or um, uh, how sustainable it is, uh, not just the fiber, but also the animal. Uh, aside from social media, we're doing um, shows where we take the opportunity not just to uh, sell our products, but also, uh, but more importantly, to to talk to the consumer, to um, learn what the consumer wants, and um, to uh, also learn um, in in which ways we can we can reach them. You know, what which of these uh, qualities is more appealing to them? That's all a process. Yeah, definitely. So. How long have you guys been operating in the in the U.S. and and how's that how's that growth been for you guys? Not very long. We started halfway through 2019. We had a a, a successful 2019 um, holiday season, and um, and then and then 2020 happened. We all know what what happened in 2020. So that was a a, a big um, challenge for us, not just here in the U.S., but also but more so in Peru. Um, we immediately shift shifted our attention to how can we keep our people employed. How can we keep paying um, all, all the artisans that we've trained that, that have been working for us all these years. And we felt a huge responsibility to them. So like what we did in, in Peru is um, we separated the working area into, into smaller sections. We installed um, knitting machines and um, in people's homes so they could work from home. We uh, provided uh, transportation to to and from work so that, that they wouldn't have to be in public transportation with other people. That was the main the main hurdle in 2020. But uh, we got through it. We were able to to produce. We were able to somewhat of a, a stock uh, here in the U.S. to, to keep keep selling and continue with our mission. Luckily, things got a little better uh, towards the end of of 2020. We um, we're able to go back to to doing uh, retail in, in in fairs, and really 2020 served as a huge learning experience that we can we can take we can take with us. Yeah, I mean that's I mean hats off to you guys for for being able to provide that for everybody that's a part of the company, because um, that's huge. I mean it's it really shows the value that you guys have of every single part of the process from the production to the alpacas to the customer um, because at the end of the day too the customers continue to want want the product and and you want to be able to provide it for them those three points are 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 big for us and they're really the the three main 
points for sustainability. Um, you know, the sustainability involves, has a social aspect, economic aspect, and environmental. So we, working with our community and, and training people in our community is, is a big part of what we do. And so what are some of the really popular products that you guys do produce? Because, I mean, you, you have a lot of different stuff from cardigans to scarves, hats, hand warmers. Um, what's kind of some of the popular stuff that you guys have that people are going crazy about? Two, two different things. Our embroidery collection is, is really big and people are excited about it and can really appreciate the, the art and the, uh, the expertise that, that, that it takes to, to embroider something in that way. And then the second collection that we've developed for the U.S. market um, is an essentials collection. And some of those products are really selling like our classic um, braided headbands in solid colors, the hand warmers in, in the same design, uh, beanies, the reversible beanies. Those ones have been um, big here in, in the U.S., especially in our main markets, which are Colorado, Washington, Oregon, and California. Mm, got it. Yeah, I mean, pretty much any place where you might need to be slightly warmer, but also breathable. Yeah, and we've noticed that these areas of, of the U.S. are also very uh, environmentally conscious and are willing to to pay slightly higher prices for a sustainable product. Yeah, and, and you guys talk a lot about um, fair trade as well in um, at least on your site and through your business model. Walk me through a little bit about that component as well, because you have the sustainability and then you also have the fair trade, which I think kind of plays into both, but I know that's definitely an important pillar for you guys. Fair trade goes hand in hand with, with sustainability. Part of our economic impact in our community, our purpose as a company is to uh, generate sustainable development in Indian communities through fair trade. So, um, uh, becoming a fair trade certified manufacturer uh, was a huge um, achievement for us. Yeah, that happened in, in 2019, shortly after we started uh, doing business here in the U.S. And what that means for us is um, not just paying fair wages, but going um, beyond that. You know, we pay um, higher than the living than whatever the living wage is in the in that community. We provide. Um, uh, zero interest loans uh, when necessary. People in, in these communities are uh, a lot of times are living in extreme poverty. So if, if any emergency happens, um, they, they need help and we pride in, in being able to help them. That's incredible. That's, that's really amazing um, that you guys are able to do that because that, I mean, that's what lifts whole communities up and through just making a product that people can wear and people can share with others and gift to others. I mean, you're able to improve a community and that's, that's what business is all about, right? It's about improving communities. Yes. We truly believe that that, that is um, the, the best way in which we, in which we can help through, through fair trade providing people a job, a steady job and, um, and, and training them in um, different skills. So what's your favorite part of what you're doing? Is it is it the creation of the product? Is it working with the customers? Is it getting it in front of more people? Is it the whole thing? What's what's your favorite part of the process? For me, the most rewarding and, and my favorite part of the process is um, being able to to make a positive impact in, in my my native country of Peru. That is the that is 
extremely fulfilling for me. Uh, the fact that we can employ more people and, and more and more as we grow. The fact that we are taking the, um, alpaca fiber, uh, which is mostly known as a Peruvian thing, and bringing it to, to the U.S. market um, and hopefully other parts of the world, that is um, that's very rewarding for me. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what what is how does that work in terms of it's not your background and kind of this this learning curve of getting into textiles and you know it's a it's a very complicated industry when you get when you get deep and into it. Um, what's that learning process been like for you? It's been a long process for me. There, there's um, a, a lot to learn about knitting techniques, the different um, types of stitching processes that a garment can can go through after being knit, you know, to to give it a a, a different um, a different finish. So there's there's a lot involved in the um, in the manufacturing of these products. So that's that that's been a it's been a long uh, learning experience. And what I've been able to help mostly through this time is in the customer, the, fi- the, final, the final product and the customer. Well, and I think that's the biggest part of growing a business is getting that feedback, getting talking to the consumer and the customer and to figure out, you know, what they like, what they don't like, what's their favorite color. And, you know, I think that's what makes a good business. It's feedback from other people. Um, and so you're able to see it from kind of a, a full scale you're able to see from the production process all the way to the customer did you ever think that you'd be doing this no no i never thought it would be i would be doing something like this but uh i'm really glad i I stumbled upon it and what's your what's your hope for the future for you know the growth of the company and and where you want to take it our goal as a company obviously we, we we want to we want to grow we want to we concentrate in uh, in wholesale sales so we we want to be in as many stores as possible throughout the U.S., um, and, and that way we can bring more development to 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 our community. As a long-term goal that I tend to um, to to dream about is be, being able to do more for our community. So how can we? I always think about how can we do that in, in the future. Um, so right now we we provide training workshops where mainly mothers from our community can can learn it a trade you know, like embroidery loom weaving crocheting in the future maybe we can have a building where we can uh, provide these classes more times a year where um, we can provide other classes like um, that are necessary in those areas classes about uh, family planning and um, hygiene and uh, proper care of your children I think we can uh, include all kinds of um, of workshops uh, in the future. Well, and I think that's that's incredible that you're you want to do that. I mean, and I and I wholly wholeheartedly believe you guys will achieve that for sure, um, especially through the products that you have. And I think that's so important for the consumer to think about is like when you when you go to the store and you go to purchase something, you know what what is that purchase doing? Is it just you know, providing you something that you just want to have and, you know, where's, where's your purchasing dollar actually going. And, you know, I think there's something to be said for, you know, a purchase going to something really positive and, and really helping a community. Yes. That's what we want. We want to change that mentality in the, in the U S consumer and to being conscientious in in the way they spent. And do you remember the first, uh, the first product that you purchased that was, 
could be considered sustainable. Um, do you remember what that, what that product may have been, whether it's, you know, it could be a water bottle, could be, you know, you bought something out of recycled materials. Um, you bought something that would last for a very long time. Do you remember kind of that first product that you consciously went, you know what, I'm going to be really conscientious about this purchase. Yes, it's uh, it's probably the same as, as for many other people. It was a, a, a canteen, a, a metal canteen. It was, it's probably the first thing I remember um, consciously uh, buying to serve a purpose. Um, so I, I, you know, like everyone else, I would buy um, plastic water bottles and, and one day thought, okay, enough is enough. I can I can make this change um, uh, pretty easily. And um, I actually still have that that same canteen to this day. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, hey, that's that that's what it's about. It's it's about making it last as long as possible and and the life cycle of something. Because you know, if you're getting rid of something only a few years later or even a few months later, you know, it's not really helping the helping the issue. Um, cause there's power and energy that goes into the pr- production of the product, the transportation of the product, and then the selling of the product. I mean, there's, there's a whole chain. If you can make it last a really long time, it becomes a much more sustainable purchase. Yes, definitely. And yeah. And then, and then when you, when, 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 when one chooses to embark in that, that journey of sustainability, um, things just come up all the time in, in your day-to-day life, you know, you start thinking about you know a, a more sustainable way of washing your dishes you know or better timing when when you do your laundry or there are so many little things that we can little um, things that we can tweak in our day-to-day life to be to be to have a more sustainable lifestyle yeah what would you suggest for someone who's just kind of starting in in that journey what would you kind of suggest as a good first step for, for people? Whatever is easiest, whatever is easiest for you. you, know, you, know, you, you know, sometimes we, we set our, our goals too high. I would say start with a with a water canteen. Um, you know, it, it might seem easy, but to some people it's not. Yeah, just start with something that's easy, with something that you know that you can do consistently. I would just tell people to be um, to be mindful. If you are doing something one way, take a moment to think about it and and see if you can do it differently and it'll, it'll be more efficient or more sustainable. I love that. I really love that. Um, if you're going out in nature and you're going to go, go anywhere in the world to, you know, kind of enjoy nature, where are you going? Is it, is it Peru? It'd be Peru, uh, because, you know, it's, it's familiar to me and, um, there are some amazing places that when I think of Peru, I, I think of teleporting there. Like it's called the Valle Sagrado. The Sacred Valley, in in the Cusco region, it's um, right between um, mountains and jungle, so it's either um, it's considered a, a a high jungle or there are so many um, vegetables that only grow there. That's uh, one of my favorite places on Earth. And then the the other one would be the Amazon. I just feel a connection to the jungle, to the how wild and and, and unpredictable it is. I think that. Um, there's a lot we can learn from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do, what do you think can be learned from just that kind of that area? I mean, that ecosystem is so special. There's so much that, that lives there that, you know, the trees provide so much for the animals and then the animals provide so much for the ecosystem. Like what's so special about that area? It's just, it's full of resources. It's, um, it's so 
so rich when we travel to to cities that are that are in the Amazon. We we can quickly see that people are are not educated on how to preserve uh, their environment. You see a lot of pollution uh, caused by the same people that live there. Honestly, visiting visiting any area, even if you're not close to the Amazon or anything like that, go to go to a place where you know you're in a really natural environment and just you know unplug a little bit and and see what that's like. Uh, because I think you get a lot of appreciation for for the world around you when you're completely unplugged in some of those areas because it's it's so easy nowadays to be just connected all the time. Um, and it's not to say to disconnect completely, but you know take a break and just just appreciate what what the world has to offer. Yeah, that's uh, that's something we all need, all need to do more of. Definitely. Um, so, how can more people learn about Wamen? How can people get involved? Purchase your stuff? Find you on social media? What's the, uh, you know, what's the way to get involved? You can find us at um, many many different stores throughout the U.S. You can find us online at uh, Wamen.com. We also have um, an Instagram and a Facebook account under the same name, uh, Wamen.official. Uh, you'll see us um, being part of events and, and, and fairs around Denver and other Colorado cities. A uh, small shop in Castle Rock, Colorado, where you can also find some of our products. Uh, there are many ways, many ways you can find us and uh, be a part of a great cause. That's awesome. Well, Eduardo, thank you so much for just being a part of this show. I'm I'm so grateful we're able to talk about all this stuff and, you know, to be able to dive into alpacas in a and a a more sustainable economy in in such a positive way and and the fact that i mean the every single thing that that woman makes is is beautiful the material's amazing um it lasts a really long time and as you said and it's just it's an incredible cause so why not yes and uh, it's a product that is you know most likely made made by someone uh different details or different designs that are that are made by someone. So it makes a great gift to, you know, be able to, um, you know, give um, a, an embroidered scarf to to your mom or your grandma and, and tell her about uh, the process. That's amazing. Well, Eduardo, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm so excited that you were able to come on the show and, and share everything about Woman and, and just your story, especially. I mean, you've, you have such an incredible story of, you know, coming to the U.S. and then still having roots in Peru and, you know, really elevating that and sharing it with other people. I think that's incredibly valuable and never stop doing that. That's awesome. Thank you very much, Steve. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sustainable Goat. If you're looking to refresh your wardrobe and purchase more thoughtfully, consider supporting the Wallman family business and the alpacas in Peru. There'll be links to their site and social media in their bio to check them out. They're incredibly soft and it is amazing. If you've been enjoying these episodes, share your favorite one with a friend or post it on social media. Your support goes a long way. And the more that the community grows, the more impact that we can have on the world. So thanks again for listening to this episode of Sustainable Goat.